Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good morning and welcome. It is a pleasure to have you with me again this week. And we are going to be diving into a wonderful topic, that of prosperity. It is something that I think everyone wants more of in their lives. To be prosperous, to feel fulfilled, to create meaning in life is something that I think all individuals are after. And prosperity for most is something that we aspire to achieve. However, it often seems to be an out-of-reach destination. It eludes us because we have let others define it for us, instead of defining it on our own terms, because we've searched for it in the wrong places, and because we haven't had the tools or the roadmap to get there. Today, we're going to be talking to Reverend Jim Webb, who is an ordained interfaith minister who serves as the senior minister of the Tacoma Park Chapel in Silver Spring, Maryland. He is the author of Pathways to Inner Peace, Life-Saving Processes for Healing Heart, Mind, and Soul, and his most recent release, The Keys to Enlightened Living. Reverend Jim has studied and taught metaphysics for over 30 years and lectures, teaches, workshops, and has appeared nationally, sharing the wisdom he has received. He has served as a faculty member at the InterVisions Institute and taught at the New Seminary in New York. He has recently released the book, The Soul of Prosperity, and in this book, he uniquely combines psychology, spirituality, and practical self-help techniques into a potent tool for your self-discovery, healing, and allowing of the prosperity that you desire and deserve. Along the way on your journey, you will regain a sense of self-esteem, purpose, and inner peace that enables you to live with more joy and fulfillment. Without further ado, welcome, Reverend Jim, to 1111 Talk Radio. It is a pleasure to have you here. It's my pleasure, Simran. Thank you for inviting me. You know, with the past couple of years that we've had, I think people have been in all kinds of places. And prosperity is one of those things that might feel a bit elusive to many at this time. Whether they're struggling with their health, whether they're trying to figure out new careers, whether they're just life changes that are taking place. And prosperity can mean so many different things to different people. Is there a distinction between prosperity and abundance? Yes. Although the two are linked, uh, prosperity is an inner feeling of well-being in many areas of your life. Abundance is an outward expression of that sense of well-being, whether it be an abundance of harmony in your relationships, an abundance of support in your life, an abundance of resources that enable you to navigate your life better. So prosperity is an inner feeling, and abundance is one of its outward expressions. So often when we look at personal growth or spiritual growth, It's easy to try to think that that's something that we're going to attain by doing the external. We're we're often taught practices. We're often shown that um, if we're more charitable or forgive more and all of these things that what we truly desire will come to us. 
But it really has to be this inner work first. It has to be something that's cultivated inside before we ever really experience it outside. Otherwise, it would just result in burnout. Talk a little bit about how to cultivate something on the inside when there's nothing left internally to even draw from. Yes, absolutely. I'd like to first uh, create uh, a background for this. We have lived in a male-dominated society where the male energy of doing has been uh, placed on a pedestal and the female energy of being, listening, receiving, or replenishing has been devalued. And as a result of that, we almost have a reflexive response to search outside or to create a bargain. If I do this, if I do that, if I do this, then I will be prosperous. And we place conditions on our prosperity. However, that, in a sense, puts the cart before the horse because it is our inner work, our inner energy, our inner vibration, our inner perspective that attracts our prosperity to us in the outer world. And this parallels what we were just talking about, how prosperity is an inner feeling of peace, an inner feeling of balance, an inner feeling of deservingness, an inner feeling of joy that then gets reflected in the outer world in the form of a balanced life, a life that brings us joy, a life that brings us an abundance of good because we have filled ourselves up. So the key is to honor the divine feminine aspect of our lives in balance through meditation, through inner awareness, through stillness, through listening, and allow the flow of the universe, some might call it energy, some might call it chi, some might call it God, but allowing that flow to refill us and inspire us. And that flow offers us new inspiration, new energy, new ideas, and a new perspective. And when we are filled with that, then we are, our cup is full once again, and we can uh, share ourselves with the world in ways that cause the world to reflect our new sense of self-worth, our new sense of self-peace, and our sense of deservingness. You know, that, that imbalance of the masculine and feminine energy that exists so much in the world and inside of each and every one of us, it's something that's kind of taken on unknowingly. And it, part of that is because of the way that the world conditions us, the, the culture in which we live in that has us go out to do, 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 rather than learn the art of receptivity. And so to bring an individual back to a place where they begin to balance that masculine energy and that feminine energy, you talked about meditation as being one of those ways and listening being another way to reawaken that feminine principle. How do we deepen into that place of receptivity? What would you say is the key cornerstone uh, place to, to really start to open to receptivity in life again? I would say that enforced, enforced is too strong a word, but I would say that uh, stillness, 
just simply being still. And this is where uh, some people have a little bit of a challenge. People were still, and after 30 seconds, they say, I'm not getting anything. I'm not feeling anything because their inner chatter has yet to settle down. But by practicing stillness, we get a chance to listen to our inner chatter. And we realize that sometimes our inner chatter is at best illogical and at worst damaging and insane. And when we listen to it from a place of stillness and we observe it objectively, we realize that that inner chatter has been literally running our lives. And if we listen to the voice of that inner chatter and its frenetic pace and its illogical ideas and its conflicting objectives, it's no wonder that we can't find the peace that brings prosperity. But when we listen to it objectively and observe it objectively and realize its ridiculousness, that encourages us to experience even more of the stillness because we realize, wait a minute, if this is running my life, I want to listen to it, hear it, dismiss it, and bring in some new ideas that can run my life better. It's so easy to get distracted in this world and to not take the time to stop because we are multidimensional in ourselves and and we have uh, all of those different levels that keep operating that we're not often present to. And you write in the book that prosperity in itself is multidimensional and that maybe perhaps by approaching the dimensions of prosperity, we'll also get to know ourselves a little bit more on the mental, emotional physical and spiritual levels. Can you talk a little bit about the dimensions of prosperity? Yes. Uh, In the culture that we've been talking about that that glorifies the masculine and and devalues the feminine, uh, we have also learned to develop a sense of self-worth based on what we have, our titles, our possessions, etc., and all of those outer parameters. Uh, But prosperity is an inner concept, and there are many dimensions to it. It's not just, uh, as some people say, money and stuff. Prosperity begins with an inner sense of peace. Prosperity may show up as peace in our relationships, as opposed to a conflict with our friends and our families, estrangement with our families. It may be a sense of peace about our relationships, and I call that relationship prosperity. It may show up in the form of a life that is easy and joyful. Uh, For example, logistically, we have a life that is manageable. Uh, Quite often, uh, people who, there are some who make a lot of money who commute three hours a day to and from work in in stultifyingly uh, challenging traffic. And can they really say they're prosperous when they're miserable? And so logistical prosperity, where we can navigate our lives with peace and ease, is an aspect of prosperity. Uh, Spiritual prosperity, and this all goes back to inner peace, actually. Spiritual prosperity, where we feel a sense of being connected to something bigger than ourselves, where we feel a sense of being fed, nurtured, supported, embraced, and filled with something 
bigger than ourselves. That sense of peace can bring prosperity because it brings clarity and vision in navigating our lives and helps us to make uh, the most supportive decisions for ourselves and for our lives. Uh, so those are some of the dimensions of prosperity. Of course, financial prosperity. But I broaden that to also include uh, a pro- prosperity of resources and support. Uh, any single mother knows that support is worth its weight in gold. Support of someone who understands the challenges, support in the form of uh, basic child care that is affordable in a very, in a very uh, practical way. Uh, and so financial prosperity is in broadening that to being in a place of financial balance where life is supported is an aspect of prosperity. And financial balance is the key here uh, because I've known many people who have six-figure salaries and seven-figure debts who are no better off than someone who has a, a small salary, yet their finances are in, in balance and they are at peace with their finances versus staying up all night figuring out how to rob Peter to pay Paul in order to get next month's mortgage paid. You know, as I went through and looked at the dimension of prosperity, uh, you have them listed out as six. It, it appeared to me that if someone were to kind of draw out a pie chart and really put these in a place to where they looked at each area of their life and then started to create the foundations and the understanding of how they truly feel internally about each of these spaces and places, then that would allow a beginning point from which to grow and to expand and to prosper, to truly understand not only where their life is at this particular moment, but it might also give a sense of where they want to go from here, as opposed to just kind of unconsciously going along, thinking that things are going to change when we keep doing the same things. Talk a little bit about how, when you work with individuals, how do you get them to look at these various aspects to come to the key core principles or core wounds that are operating in their life so that they can make the changes. Yes. Well, thank you so much. And that's a brilliant observation about looking at it in terms of a pie chart. When people come to me, they have often reached their breaking point. I do counseling, coaching, and the like. And they come to me when they reach their breaking point. At some point... They realize that something is out of balance. They may not be sure what, they may not be sure how it has gotten out of balance, but they, by the time they come to me, they often realize that it is untenable and this is not the way it is supposed to be. And so we look at that and, and they realize, I don't know where I want to go from here, but I know this is not where I can stay because this is untenable. And, and so I ask them, what would relationship prosperity look like to you versus how it's showing up now? And inevitably, uh, they bring up a relationship that is troubling to them. Or I ask them, what would financial prosperity look like to you as opposed to the way it is showing up in your life now? and they actually bring up what the challenge or the issue is. And once we understand how that challenge or that issue is showing up 
in their life, in each aspect of their life, then we can ask, what is the thought behind this that you have had, and it may be unconscious, that has supported the creation of this imbalance? And I call that the sponsoring thought. Uh, and this is back from the work of Eva Pinakos and the path work of, of soul transformation. I call it the sponsoring thought. What is the thought that you have had that may be buried in your unconscious and we, that, that has supported the creation of the situation? And the, the sponsoring thought may be something like, I don't have enough because I am not enough because I don't deserve enough. And when we get to whatever the sponsoring thought is, we apply what can best be called grace to that place where that sponsoring thought was learned and, and they be, began to believe it to be true. Grace sends healing. Grace sends love. Grace sends support to that aspect of our inner selves. Also, uh, the inner or that inner saboteur, because we identify them as inner saboteurs, and grace gives that inner saboteur a different perspective. Grace gives that inner saboteur a different script, a different outlook, and a different outlook can create a different outcome. The soul of prosperity and the pathways that it offers are like a set of driving instructions that you can use to navigate your way to prosperity, and that at the same time draw prosperity to you. The pathways to prosperity are quite simple. They combine ancient wisdom and common sense practices with personal growth techniques such as meditation and creative visualization. Along the way on your journey to prosperity, you build a new, more fulfilling relationship with yourself, with others, and with the world around you. As a result, you experience peace within and the fulfillment in your outer world. I want to invite you to explore more about Reverend Jim by going to his website, reverendjimweb.com. That's reverendjimweb.com. You can find that link in the bio description. Also, you can join his every Sunday at 11 live Tacoma Park services by going to Zoom and placing in the code 813-851-84622. That's 813-851-84622. We'll be more... Back with more of Reverend Jim Webb and the Soul of Prosperity right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.
Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to my guest, Reverend Jim Webb and the Soul of Prosperity, I want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And we talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show. And this month, we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think you should wait until you're rock bottom to go to therapy, but that isn't true. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid the lows. Many people think if you're in therapy that it means something's wrong with you, but that's wrong too. It means that you recognize that all humans have emotions. We can't avoid them, so we need to learn to manage them. And we've been taught that mental health shouldn't be a part of normal life which is also wrong. We take care of our bodies with the gym, the doctor, and nutrition. We should be focused on our minds just as much as we focus on the body. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and my listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash 11. Spell out the word 11. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You get 10% off your first month. Just go to BetterHelp.com forward slash 11. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. Once again, that's BetterHelp.com forward slash 11. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Before we get back to Reverend Jim, I also want to mention that we are at countdown time for my next book, that is coming out. I have been working the last seven years on a series of three books that I title the Self-Realization Series, and the first one releases on 2-22-22, and it is called Living, the Seven Blessings of Human Experience. Do you want to understand and navigate this thing called life? What if you had a how-to manual that illustrated every type of situation you would encounter? There come moments when the human journey can feel like an uphill climb, within both ordinary and extraordinary circumstances. 
but hidden in plain sight are a unique and unconventional set of blessings available to all of us. Now get this, these are the blessings of life, challenge, conflict, chaos, obstacles, darkness, and death. And they're not negative states, nor are they meant to be pushed against. These human experiences serve as secret passageways of personal empowerment, spiritual growth, and highest potential. Engaging intimately with these blessed encounters invites mastery and awakens inherent gifts, while also creating fulfillment, empowerment, and connection that is longed for. You are part of a magnificent process of accounting that brings about balance, we're leading you directly to your destiny. I invite you to go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and go ahead and order your copy today. It's called Living, the Seven Blessings of Human Experience. And if you'd like to go ahead and reserve the second book as well, that one is called Being, the Seven Illusions that Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. I look forward to you exploring them. can't wait to hear what you think. The Soul of Prosperity is Reverend Jim's latest book. In addition to his Masters of Divinity, which he received in 96 from the New Seminary in New York, Reverend Jim has a B.S. in Economics from the Wharton School and an M.B.A. from New York University. He has served on the Board of Directors of Us Helping Us, a Washington, D.C.-based AIDS organization, and Vice President of Marketing for the Washington, D.C. information technology firm, prior to pursuing his dream of full-time ministry. His warm, loving demeanor and inspiring counseling style have helped countless people overcome their fears and live with joy. You can find out more about him by going to reverendjimweb.com. That's reverendjimweb.com. And also, I invite you to explore his Tacoma Park Chapel's live Sundays on, at 11 uh, so that you can be uplifted by him. You can go to Zoom at 11 a.m. every Sunday, and just type in 813-851-84622. That's 813-851-84622. So as we're moving into discovering prosperity and deepening that within our lives, there are certain things that actually um, are reasons that prosperity eludes us. Many people are looking for prosperity, and everywhere they turn, they're wondering where it is. What is it that causes prosperity to elude us, Reverend Jim? One of the first things is looking in the wrong places. We look for outward validation, outward symbols of prosperity, and we often don't realize that what we see outside of us is a direct reflection of something going on within us. So it is incumbent on us to create an inner state of prosperity, and then we attract its reflection in the form of outer prosperity. And prosperity has certain laws. There are certain rules of the, ro- of the road. We know that there's laws of the universe and that they're always operating. Um, yes. Talk about some of the key important laws when it comes to prosperity. Yes. The key law of of prosperity that is uh, hidden in plain sight and not well embraced is that self-love creates prosperity. Self-judgment, self-condemnation, and uh, a failure to recognize ourselves as worthy and divine. Those things inhibit prosperity. And the second... uh, 
rule of the road that is misunderstood is the role of emotions in prosperity. You, uh, you better help one of the sponsors of this show talks about how we all could use help in handling our emotions. Well, in prosperity, our emotional state and our emotional makeup can either create and support prosperity or it can sabotage or thwart prosperity. When our inner emotions are expansive, loving, when we, are, when we learn to support ourselves and appreciate ourselves and our uniqueness, when we have a sense of peace inside instead of a sense of conflict, all these things show up in our world as prosperity or the lack thereof, and it's our choice. So deeply tied with a sense of prosperity is a sense of emotional balance, emotional peace, optimism, joy, deservingness, and that emotional state. And so it is incumbent on us to manage our emotional state as a way of managing our openness to prosperity. You know, when it comes to emotions, um, I'm a Piscean, and, and part, of, part of my own gift is I so often feel the undercurrent of what people are carrying. And what I have noticed so often is that people don't truly want to feel their emotions. They don't yes. want to truly address what it is that they're feeling and, and very quickly will cover it over or try to move on from any dense emotions, specifically anger or grief uh, or, or even some of the others that, that come up, what would you say um, as guidance for individuals to, to really be with their emotions and allow them to fully come up? Because it seems to me that if we don't fully feel them, then we've never really allowed them to be uh, fully acknowledged or absorbed so that they can dissolve. And this goes back to our society. Uh, when we were anthropologically, when we were pack animals, emotions were deemed as disruptive to the harmony of the group. And so little by little over eons, we learned through our human minds that emotions were, quote, bad things because they were disruptive. When in truth, emotions are divine signs of imbalance. When we feel an emotion... That's an inner indication of an imbalance that is wanting to come back into balance. For example, we're angry at someone because they treated us badly. There has been an imbalance of love, and we are not aware of love's presence in that situation. And we need to experience more love to bring that situation into balance. And the emotion is a divine guidepost. And so the first thing that it is important to do is to understand the value and the divinity of, demo, of emotions. And the second thing is to, to listen to them, uh, to, to listen to your emotion and what is, the, what is the thought behind the emotion. And the third thing that is important to do is to release, transform, transmute, or heal the emotion. And this is where spirituality and psychology merge. The psychology of it is understanding your mind and how it works and understanding the emotion and what are the thoughts behind the emotion. The spirituality is the grace that once that emotion is 
identified and expressed, meaning moved, pressed out of your energy field so that you can see it expressed, uh, getting it off your chest, which has, which is actually spiritual, moving dense energy off your heart and moving it out is why we call it getting it off your chest. And, and, and allowing grace to heal and transform you, allowing light to move into that place in your energy where the dark, dense emotion was, and that light brings balance, and that light attracts more light instead of darkness. That's the spirituality that goes hand in hand with the psychology of healing the emotions and creating the emotional balance that allows prosperity. It, it also seems like that would be an act of self-love. And people have so many views in terms of what self-love is and what it looks like from a psychological perspective and from a spiritual perspective. How do you define self-love? Yes, thank you for that brilliant question, Simran. You know, quite often we define self-love as, oh, I'm going to get a massage today. But self-love is so much more than that. In, in its rawest sense, it is a balanced, loving perspective on oneself where the negative self-chatter or the unconscious desire to demean oneself or to place oneself uh, on the bottom of the list of priorities is minimized. Now, uh, we... We have been taught by society that self-love is selfish. But in truth, self-love, but by building boundaries, by, by taking time for ourselves, is one of the most loving things we can do. I liken it to, you can't keep driving a car without stopping to get gas. Even racers in the Daytona 500 or the Indianapolis 500, they all have a pit stop where they get more gas, where they change the tires, where they check the engine. And that is important and everyone has to do it. Well, self-loving acts basically fill our engine with the love that we are asked to share with everyone else. And if our cup is empty, if we've got burnout, as you mentioned before, we can't give, for we've nothing, nothing left to give. And so it is important for us to shift our awareness so that we use the idea of self-love to mean more than just getting a massage or a pedicure, but to, inner, to develop a sense, an inner sense of love and to recognize that we are love within us and we are not all the uh, descriptors and all the limitations we've placed on ourselves through our outer experience and our outer descriptions. And that is a deeper level and expression of self-love. And that deeper level and expression of self-love then allows more prosperity because we feel a sense of deservingness. Mm, that's beautiful. And you know, there's so many steps along the way because we encounter so many different types of emotions. And you write about it in the book in terms of the guilt or the anger and the different places that we encounter. Uh, you wrote about depression, and I've never seen this written this way, but it was very profound for me. 
You wrote, depression or any form of self-rejection is anger or fear turned inward. And I'd never seen that depression was self-rejection, but then on top of that, that it's anger and fear turned inward. We live in such a society right now where depression's at an all-time high. And so to, to understand that, to become aware that that's what we're carrying first and foremost, and then to understand the steps to resolve that in a way that is loving and kind and gentle would be very powerful for so many as we deal with a world that is struggling with mental health. Um, talk a little bit about depression and that statement and, and what you would guide people in terms of how to move from self-rejection and turning that inward to, to, to being more self-loving. Yes. My mother was an English teacher, and so let's diagram it in a few very stark sentences. I am depressed because, and then we generally look at something outside of ourselves and say, this is not happening, this is not happening, or this unfortunate thing happened, or that unfortunate thing happened. And then we never get to the next step, which is, and because this didn't happen, and because that didn't happen, or because this did happen, I hate myself. And that's the anger turned inward. But we never get past the I am depressed because, because we get focused on or fixated on that outer thing that did or didn't happen. And the next step of the awareness is, and because this did or didn't happen, I hate myself. And I know that's a very strong statement. And I know that we want to still be in denial and say, oh, no, I don't hate myself. I just don't like this thing outside of me. But if you are willing to really own the whole arc of the emotion, it goes back to this is a place where I am not accepting or loving myself. This is a place within me that I do not feel love or acceptance, or this is a place within me that has not known unconditional love or acceptance because I have placed conditions on my willingness or ability to feel loved. If this happened, if this condition did or didn't happen, that means I will or won't feel love. And one of the ways we address that, one of many, is to practice experiencing unconditional love. That's why so much of this goes back into meditation and self-awareness. Because when you are in meditation, you are connecting with an infinite source of unconditional love. And the more you feel that infinite source of unconditional love, the less reliant you become on all these conditions to be met in order for you to feel loved and lovable. And so you're less likely to be depressed because you're less likely to, to hew to the script. I am depressed because this thing didn't happen and as a result I hate myself. Because within you, you have built up such, such a reserve of loving, healing feelings and energy that it becomes impossible to say, oh, I don't like myself because this condition hasn't been met, because you are filled with unconditional love. And that is one of the ways that spirituality can support psychology in creating a sense of well-being that can create abundance. With the power of love, we experience a wider realm of prosperity. 
Prosperity is simply an inner and outer experience of loving circumstances that enable us to feel loved, lovable, and loving. Developing a balanced sense of self-love is an essential key to prosperity. We develop self-love by stripping away subconscious guilt, judgment, and aspects of the perfection paradox so that we can consciously create our good. Self-love is the key to prosperity. This is from Reverend Jim Webb's book, The Soul of Prosperity. I invite you to go to his website, reverendjimwebb.com. Find out more about his books and about all of the work that he does, including uh, the services that he has at Tacoma Park Chapel. We'll be right back with more of Reverend Jim Webb and The Soul of Prosperity right after these messages. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Once again, reverendjimweb.com is the website. That's reverendjimweb.com. Definitely tune into his services every Sunday at 11 a.m. live on Zoom. You can plug in 813-851-84622. That's 813-851-84622. If you have enjoyed this delightful being's 
wit and wisdom, you will most definitely enjoy his services. Meditation has been called listening to God. It can be used to uncover the subconscious thoughts that would otherwise sabotage our conscious desires. As we become more adept at meditation, we realize that through this process, we open to a powerful creative force. We become accustomed to the stillness of meditation and the subtle energy that flows through us when we meditate. This is from Reverend Jim's book, The Soul of Prosperity. I invite you to pick up your copy today and allow yourself to deepen in to the inner prosperity that exists so that you could experience the world in a completely new way. Uh, During the break, I was talking about what a truth-telling you had told in regard to self-hate. I think that that's something that most people definitely avoid and oftentimes never get to in terms of their own personal growth, but it's one of the largest awarenesses that we can have, and it truly does lead then to the path of self-love. Throughout the book, you have so many of our inner voices that end up speaking, whether that's the inner judge or the inner saint, whether it's the inner child or the inner sinner, and all of these voices lead us in different directions in terms of uh, taking away our peace, so to speak. Um, You talk about seven steps to inner peace. Can you talk a little bit about that seven-step healing process? Absolutely. uh, As we mentioned before, our emotional state is what either creates or blocks our prosperity. And the seven steps of inner peace get us to the emotional state that allows our prosperity. Uh, the first is to, ha- is to have the emotion. As we've been mentioning, uh, quite often we block our emotions, we ignore our emotions, we stuff our emotions down when they are actually guideposts to the healing and the prosperity that we desire. Then we honor the emotion. We don't treat it as this nasty little thing to be avoided, but we understand that it is divine. Then we honor ourselves for having the emotion. Even if we honor the emotion, then we almost habitually uh, judge ourselves for having it. And no, you're still lovable. You're still loving. You're still a being of love. You're still a being of light. You just had an emotion. You just had an opportunity for growth. And then we release the emotion. This is where the psychology and the spirituality meet because the energy that you've been carrying around in you in the form of that emotion is the energy of no. It is the dense energy that has drawn even more of what, that emo- what has triggered that emotion. And so you want to release that energy from your energy field and, and you release that emotion. And there are many ways that you can do that. Uh, my friends from MBA school, when we all started out, we were going to be masters of the universe. And so when they found out what I was doing, they said, oh, does this mean you're, be- you're talking to baby dolls and beating pillows? And we jokingly call it talking to baby dolls and beating pillows. But it really is releasing that energy that we didn't even know was in every cell of our body, creating its reflection in our outer world in the form of uh, unfortunate experiences that draw our attention to what we are feeling inside. So we release that. And what flows in, because nature abhors a vacuum, what flows in is the light, the love, the feeling of being supported, the grace, and the peace that we have wanted. And we all know this. 
Every time we've seen a baby have a cathartic cry, then lay down into a calm sleep, we know what they did is they released emotion and grace moved in. And once we do that, we are in a place of clarity. We are in a place of mental clarity where we can then ask, what was the sponsoring thought that created that? And what is the truth that would create something different? And that asking, through, and that asking when we are at a place of self-awareness and receiving the answer helps us to substitute truth. You are lovable. You are deserving. You can have peace. You deserve good. Life can be easy. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to punish yourself, and you don't have to withhold from yourself. When that truth moves in, you create from a new perspective. You create from a new paradigm. You heal a layer or level of your consciousness, and then you have more prosperity. And then the seventh step is, of course, rinse and repeat. I took that from a shampoo bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, this process, because our consciousness in layers, the process of healing is repetitive. We kind of want to think that life is like a 30-minute sitcom or a 60-minute crime drama, and everything is resolved all at once. But life... But our emotional body is like an onion, and we heal it layer by layer by layer as we are ready and as we have the capacity to heal it. So we, we often get frustrated and say, I thought I dealt with that. Here it is again in a different form. But rinse and repeat tells us, yes, here it is in a different form. It doesn't mean you failed before. It means you're healing it at a deeper level. And I think that that's probably one of the places that so many people struggle with when they begin their personal growth or spiritual growth path is is so often we think that when we embark on this path that we're going to make life completely easy. And oftentimes we start to uncover so much that we didn't know was there. And it is in that uncovering that it appears as life is harder, but it's just that we're uncovering all of the emotions that have been stuffed down for so long. How does one get back to that place of innocence? How does one allow themselves their own grace to not have to suffer through the awarenesses of all the emotions that have been stuffed down? By seeing things differently, we realize, okay, Awareness is 80% of the journey. And then we don't get discouraged by coming up with, with all these awarenesses and thinking, oh, I'm worse off than I was before. And when we realize that 80% of the journey has already been taking, taken when we come to the awareness, we then are aware that grace can take us the other 20% of the way. And that can give us more peace. That can give us encouragement instead of causing us to be discouraged. And by tapping into that higher power, that higher grace regularly, we begin to condition ourselves to know that it is always there at our behest, that it is there in infinite quantities, and that it is unconditional. It doesn't, it doesn't care what we're going through. It doesn't care what we're thinking. It doesn't care what we uncover. All it wants to do is love it back to balance. 
We are moving into a world now where there's such a split between religion and spirituality. And if we look at younger people, they are leaning a little more towards spirituality. They're stepping away from religions. And with that, so many are stepping away from prayer. Can you talk a little bit about the power of prayer and how prayer is perhaps evolving for the new generations? Yes. Prayer and meditation, which are two sides of the same coin, simply have to do with connecting with and communing with the divine. Now, on some level, we may perceive that some people are stepping away from prayer, but they, are actually, they may be praying in a new and different way. Getting on your uh, exercycle or getting on the elliptical machine and thinking about the challenge that you're facing during the day and getting out of yourself and having that transcendent moment can be just as much a prayer and a meditation as sitting down in your room in front of your altar and having a TM session. Many times I hear, quote, atheists speak my language, and this is always fascinating to me. They say, I don't believe in God. But I believe that there is this higher power. I believe that there is this force of love. I believe that there is this balance that we are all seeking. And I'm like, hey, you're speaking my language, but you call yourself an atheist. And so many people may be rejecting the dogma of traditional religion, the judgments of traditional religion, the uh, rituals that don't, don't have meaning for them in traditional religion. But they are embracing the essence of what spirituality always has been, which is communing, acknowledging and communing with a higher power. So to anyone listening, however you choose to acknowledge and commune with a higher power that can fill you with hope, replenish your energy, cause you to see things from a different perspective, and cause you to feel embraced and connected to something bigger than you, any way you can do this is beneficial. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools that you can use to create your prosperity, yet it is one of the least understood. Prayer is so powerful because it is so direct. Whereas in meditation, we listen to the universe. In prayer, we directly command and mold the energy of the universe into the form that we desire. However, we rarely use the full extent of this power because instead of commanding the universe, we beg it. When you command the universe with expectancy, you send out the energy of clarity, assurance, and expectation, and the universe responds affirmatively to the certainty of your command. This truth creates a new type of prayer, the affirmative prayer. This is from Reverend Jim Webb's book, The Soul of Prosperity. I invite you to get your copy today to find out more about this wonderful human being. And you can go to his website, reverendjimweb.com. That's reverendjimweb.com. Definitely check out his Tacoma Park Chapel services every Sunday at 11 a.m. on Zoom. Just type in 813-851-84622. That's 813-851-84622. Thank you, Reverend Jim, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. It has been a pleasure, as I expected it to be. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Simran. God bless you. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. 
Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.